Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Into the Borough podcast here on the Borough Reviews Network. My name is Jared, and joining me, as always, is Linda. Hey, everyone. Um, <laughs> we are doing very good because we just watched Tom and Jerry last night, and everyone knows that all the Oscar buzz for next year is going to be surrounding <laughs> Tom and Jerry. Um, so we're feeling pretty... We're ahead of yeah, the Yeah, we're ahead of the curve. We're feeling pretty good this morning. Um we you went through all your coffee already i am still like i've got a little bit on mine left kind of sad about it um yeah the the news has been pretty bare this week but we got a couple exciting things um some news on paramount plus some news on a potential sequel to district nine if you will and then also the title for the new spider-man 3 movie was revealed this week um, after they tried to trick us a few times on what the title was by releasing two different videos, Jacob Battalion and Tom Holland released like two different videos with two different names to just throw everyone off. Great marketing. Okay, but I think everyone can agree that Spider Man Homewrecker should have been it. Homewrecker was good. It was good. (laughs) It was a good one. um, Must admit. But other than that, um, we have the giveaway this week. So we'll be announcing that later today. Um, We're recording this on Sunday, so we haven't drawn yet. We'll we'll draw tomorrow. We'll give you we'll give you another chance to sign up before we actually draw. So we'll be drawing later today when you're listening to this podcast, probably in the next few hours. So I just want everyone to know that I thank you so much for your support and I hope that it continues going through the year. You have more exclusive content on the way, um, right on Patreon with the Into the Borough podcast going going video. We're going uh, into video format for the podcast for the patrons. So if you like our podcast and you want to actually see our pretty little faces on camera, you can do so now by joining the, uh, I think, I think it's going to be the $10 tier. I think I'm going to push the $10 tier. So many videos. Do it. Like an hour. Like, do it. They are, yeah. they're going all out. They, they deserve, yeah, they deserve, they deserve everything. everything. All of our $10 tier patrons. Yeah. So you'll have, uh, the podcast and video format weekly. You'll have a bi-monthly podcast on there. You, I mean, so much, so much. Trailer reactions. I just got done reacting to the Mortal Kombat trailer a couple days ago. Um, so it's it's a it's definitely expanding in content, and I hope that by doing so that you feel like you're getting a lot out of it, and you're you know um, able to experience all of the different movie and TV related things with us because we enjoy talking about it. And, uh, yeah, it makes our day so much better. Like coming into Sunday every week, I'm like, yeah, this is going to be a good day. Cause I got Linda, one of my friends on camera. Ah. We're going to talk some <laughs> movies. We're probably going to bash on a lot of shit as well. So it just kind of works. We oh. But, um, Linda's finally getting her cherry <laughs> Pepsi. Hi, Lane. Hey, you want to say hi? You can, you can, Actually, hi. hi. <laughs> <laughs> Look at him go. He's doing so good. But uh are you happy you finally got your cherry Pepsi? I am stoked that I got my cherry Pepsi now. <laughs> yeah, Linda was waiting on that. It's okay, guys. We can start the podcast now. I got my cherry Pepsi. <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah. Ooh, a little bit of mist came out. It's going to be crispy. It's going to be crispy. It's almost too crispy. You're going to choke. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, <laughs> good. Was it a good first taste? Everything you wanted? Oh, yeah. First taste of a cherry Pepsi is unlike any other. Holy. Uh, I am refreshed. Yeah, it is crisp. I must say, I get cherry Pepsis. That's mm-hmm. a, that's actually my movie theater drink. Like, when I go to the movies, I don't usually oh. get Pepsi. Like, any other time, I don't get Pepsi. But when I go to the movies, I specifically get cherry Pepsi every time. So... Oh yeah, cherry Pepsi cherry is the best. I mean, there's there's no comparison. Yeah, cherry Pepsi is it. Yeah, I uh, and someone drank my last. <laughs> one, <so. laughs> when I used to work at the Grand, I would get I would do like a mixture of um, Kickstart and Sobe Life Water. I would do I would do like a a twist of those, and then I would like the Mountain Dew Kickstart, mm-hmm. and then I would also throw in some like <gasps> uh, Mist, like Sierra Mist. <laughs> in there as well just for extra carbonation i used to call it miss twist and like it was delicious like you're working those late nights and four and five in the morning like and all you want is you know a pick me up so yeah mountain dew kickstarts some soby life water so i'm kind of being a little healthy and some mist that's what i had He justifies it by saying he put in something healthy, like soapy. <laughs> okay, Jared. That's what it is. That's what I did. Um, okay. <sighs> yeah. You know, it, it sounds delicious. and You don't yeah, think so. Sounds... You don't actually think so. No one oh, likes what I do. Don't look at the camera i think it's delicious (laughs) uh good times good times well linda we've got paramount plus to talk about because there is so much happening with paramount plus on the tv show side and on the film side so i want to get into that discussion and then i also want to hear your thoughts because we haven't really talked about district nine and all and i want to know your opinion on you know what might happen in the future with District 10 because Neil Bloomkamp's apparently writing the script for it. So let's talk about that and more when we come back. Uh, Enjoy this brief break where I read off the news. Enjoy. Today is a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, have a message you want to share with the world, or just think it would be fun to have your own talk show, podcasting is an easy, inexpensive, and fun way to expand your reach online. And Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be listed in all the major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more within minutes of finishing your first recording. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. We use Buzzsprout and can test that it is a cakewalk compared to some of the other hosting platforms that we've used. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners, and the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. So what are you waiting for? Grab your gear that you already have, and then find a quiet space to record and talk about all your favorite things. Following the link in the show notes lets Buzzsprout know that we sent you, gets you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan, and helps support our show. We can't wait to hear your passion. And now for your last week's news update. Samuel Roberts of TechRadar writes, Paramount Plus release date, price, shows, and everything we know. 
the new streaming services are somehow still coming in 2021. Paramount Plus is releasing in the U.S. and Latin America on March 4th as a rebranding and relaunch of the existing CBS All Access service that will expand its library of content with even more stuff. The Paramount Plus price will be $9.99 a month without ads or $5.99 a month with ads. In June 2021, however, the low-priced ad-supported tier will get a $1 price drop to $4.99 per month. Both tiers will feature the same selection of on-demand originals, but the difference will be access to local CBS stations. That will be exclusive to the higher tier. You also get live CBS TV and more sports through their higher tier option. Like any major streaming service, Paramount Plus will feature a host of new originals, complementing the CBS All Access shows already available. We picked out a few highlights for you below, following the service's full unveiling in late February 2021. An article in Slash Film reads, District 9 sequel is finally in the works, according to director Neil Bloomkamp. Ever since District 9 hit theaters in 2009 and marked the arrival of a promising new director, Neil Bloomkamp, has entertained the idea of making a sequel, alluding over the years to ideas he had for the project regularly, but not officially referred to as District 10. But the timing was never right, and most rumblings about a possible District 10 died a few years ago. But Bloomkamp gave a surprise update on the long-awaited District 9 sequel, revealing that he and writing partners Chartel Coupley and Terry Tatchell are in the process of writing a District 10 screenplay. Bloomkamp announced in a tweet this past Friday that a District 10 screenplay is now in the works for him and the rest of the original District 9 team. Rachel Page of Marvel.com writes, Spider-Man No Way Home premieres in December 2021. Due to some confusion between the three Spider-Man stars and their uncoordinated attempt at a title reveal, we now have an actual answer to what the new Spider-Man movie will be called, and it's Spider-Man No Way Home. Spider-Man No Way Home arrives in theaters on December 17, 2021. And that concludes your last week's news update. If you would like to support the Borough Reviews or the Into the Borough podcast, please consider subscribing to our Patreon campaign. Our Patreon offers four distinct memberships. Candyman, a $1 a month tier to show your general support for what we do. It follows a $2 a month tier that will grant you early access to our videos before they release on YouTube, Hereditary, a $5 a month tier with exclusive podcast discussions, and member-only polls so you control what content we focus on each month. And finally, Trick or Treat, a $10 a month tier where you'll get exclusive videos, behind-the-scene content, and all of the other tier perks combined. During these times, it is crucial for us to remain stable, and with your help, we can get there. Head over to patreon.com slash Reviews to sign up. The Borough Reviews, your movie refuge. There is a few different things that I want to talk about first. As you just heard, I disclosed the price and the release date. It's releasing on March 4th. So that's this week, y'all. That's this Thursday. Like, so if you've been waiting patiently for your Criminal Minds, all 15 seasons of it, or um, some of the other CBS All Access shows, you're now going to have access to those once again on Thursday. 
And let me just say, I don't know if you ever tried out the CBS All Access app, Linda, but we had it on Roku for a while. It was garbage. It was garbage. That app user interface on Roku was garbage. And so um, (laughs) he looks so accosted that I said that. Well, it was just straight. It's garbage. It is. Um, So I'm really happy about the rebrand, mostly just because, you know, a new user interface might might give it a little bit of life. Um, also has two different tiers. So you have the 999 tier and then you have the 599 tier. Um, there is a slight difference between those two. The 999 tier is going to be without ads while the 599 tier is going to be ad supported. Um, I don't know. Personally for me, I think that I would probably start on the 599 tier because I probably will get it. I probably will be getting it. Um, but that's just because there are a lot of things that are going to be like going from the theatrical release calendar onto Paramount Plus after a 45-day um, theatrical window. So after 45 days, there are going to be movies that are in the theater that are then going to shift and be on, you know, Paramount Plus. And like, yeah. holy shit, like <laughs> they shortened, they shortened the theatrical window because it used to be you know anywhere from three to basically five months before you would get something you know on streaming and the fact that it's 45 days i i believe it's kind of their response to what happened with hbo max where the theaters were like like bro what the hell like what are you talking about you're going to release your movie on hbo max the same day that it comes out in the theaters like that is going to affect us and so i think paramount was like okay theaters like i'll give you we'll give you 45 days to show the movie and then it'll come over to us. So we'll give you over a month, which pretty much is all they really need. It's It's all they need for most movies, obviously with the exception of big movies like um, Avengers, things like that. I mean, those aren't even Paramount properties, but you get what I'm going, what, uh, what I'm trying to say Mm -hmm. there, which is basically like those movies have a longevity because of the sheer scope of the content that those movies provide. So people keep revisiting that for months and months. Every other regular movie, oh, you're telling me that you're going to go see something like 8th grade after, after three yeah. weeks? Like, no, you're not. Like, you're not seeing that. So uh, it makes sense. I don't know. What do you think about yeah. the window? No, I think it's totally fair. Like you said, unless it's something big, like a Marvel movie, you know, that not only the longevity of it, but the following it has, people are going to want to see it multiple times. People are going to want to go after all the hype has died down because they're going to think, you know, like after a month, there's not going to be that many people. So then they're going to want to go. Whereas with like regular scaled and even smaller scaled movies after a month, if you haven't seen it in theaters, chances are you're just going to wait a little longer for it to be released. So I, I think it's totally fair. I do think it's fair too. Um, <clears throat> is CBS All Access going to be something that you personally get? Before we go into like what's going to be streaming on it, just based off of the fact that they're rebranding CBS All Access to Paramount Plus, does it does it make you feel a little better about uh, what the app is actually going to be with the rebrand? Cause before CBS all access kind of had this really bad stigma. So does the rebrand you think help its chances of being, you know, I guess one of the bigger streaming services that we have in competition. 
I like the prices that they're starting yeah. with. It's not coming off like I don't really want to get pretentious. Like it kind of knows where it's standing right now. Um, so the four ninety nine for the the base tier and nine ninety nine for the premium tier. It's cheaper than Netflix or Hulu or HBO Max. It's it's the cheapest one that I've seen that has something to offer. So I think it's a good price point to start off with. And then once they finally get more followers, get more money, then, you know, chances are they probably will start upping the price once they start getting more yeah, content. like the base that's, tier. That's just how the world works. That yeah. base tier specifically uh, would probably go to that 999 you know, dollar amount, and then they would shift the 999 up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I'm, I'm on the same boat as you. Like, I want to get Paramount Plus because iCarly. Yeah, iCarly revival. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the Fairly Oddparents. A lot of action. I, I know. I, I thought that. Yeah. And did they also say the Rugrats Yeah, the Rugrats. Too? Rugrats. Yeah. So I think I would start off with the base tier just to see if it's even worth it. Like, honestly, the kind of ads that they have for uh, streaming services like this, they're like 30 seconds long. I can deal. Yeah. So I might just start off with the base tier, and then like if I like it enough, I might up it to the premium one just to get rid of the ads, since I know that it's something I want to keep. Um, I I think it is really smart of Paramount Plus to be starting off with so much, not really original content, but content you're not going to get anywhere else. It's not... Um, it's not trying to advertise itself with movies and TV shows that are already out or that you can find on Netflix and Hulu. Mm-hmm. It's with its own content mm-hmm. right off the bat, which I think is a really smart move for them, especially since Paramount Plus is already a bit of a... A lot of people are hesitant with the streaming service because ugh, Paramount Plus, I mean, woo. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's really smart that they're advertising themselves with completely, like new content or you know tv uh revivals uh for new episodes or just you know movies we've seen as tv shows i like that they're doing that instead of being like come over here because we have this show that you used to like 10 years ago yeah so i think that's really smart of them too yeah i do as well and then um so we kind of already touched on the like tv shows so criminal minds is getting a revival like 10 episode serialized run which apparently they're going to cover one case for the entire season you'll have legacy characters as well as like some new characters so that's exciting for criminal minds fans obviously star trek shows are on there but for theatrical releases, the window that we're talking about, you're going to get things like No Time to Die, Creed 3, A Quiet Place Part 2, Paw Patrol the movie, whatever. But Mission Impossible 7, um, they will debut immediately like on the streaming service uh, between 30 and 45 days after they release in theaters. So that also includes things like Snake Eyes and Top Gun Maverick and um, Transformers 7. Uh, they mentioned Scream on here. By the way, I just saw that. Um, they mentioned Scream on this. So, <clears throat> and Pet Cemetery, which, oh, by the way, yeah, Pet Cemetery, it has its own original movies coming out. So, they're doing a paranormal activity movie and they're doing a Pet Cemetery movie and then a supernatural movie called The In Between. So, I figured that's why I put this on here. I figured you would want to talk about some of those things. I didn't know about Scream, I knew about Pet Cemetery and paranormal activity, but 
Scream coming on the the service after 30 days of being in the theater. Linda. Linda. Oh, holy shit. <laughs> I mean, not, I mean, can you know, it's fine. <laughs> oh my God. That is, uh, I think I might just up it to premium Ooh, now. <laughs> that like, got you. Damn, Paramount Plus, you might be on to something. I think they are. Oh, uh, um, I'm so stoked. I'm so excited. Okay, okay. I'm also, fine. I've been meaning I'm to fine. watch Yellowstone, which is um, was on CBS All Access, but I just didn't get around to watching it. But again, the user interface was just terrible. I, I couldn't find it when I logged on there. And then, I don't know, apparently other things had happened and like the it had moved off of there and it was only going to play the last like three or four episodes, I think, or something like that. So I was like, whatever. Like Then I canceled CBS All Access immediately because I was like, nah, this... This isn't worth it. So waiting for the rebrand when they're packing quite a punch on what they're doing. Um, Now, I will say the content's looking nice. It's looking nice. But that (laughs) user interface has to be even nicer. It does. Has to be user friendly. Oh, God, you're so picky. No, I am picky. Because, like, the thing is, is no one wants to get on a streaming service and have the user interface be, like, awful to where you can't, like, even navigate how to find these things. Like, what's the point of having Scream on Paramount Plus if you can't even find where they have it in their, you know, user interface? So. Okay, that's fair. I might just be a little... It caught me off guard seeing Scream on there, so I got, I, I got a little, a little I literally excited, but read you, that you twice. make a fair point. I literally read that twice, because I was like, that can't be what, that can't be. The main thing I noticed was the Nickelodeon releases, because I was like, oh, cool, they're doing, you mm-hmm. know, a revival of the Fairly Odd Parents and Rugrats, and I already knew about iCarly, but then I saw Scream, and I was like, wait, wait, wait what? <laughs> oh, oh, God, that, like, made, that. That made my day. Okay, I'm excited. Now you're excited. That that was the one I'm thing. So excited Were you not now. excited about the it, it about me. the pet cemetery um, movie and the? Oh, it, that one that one, that one sounds cool mm. too. It was just uh, you. You know how I am with Scream. I just oh, pet cemetery is great too. That's fine. And the paranormal <laughs> activity movie. Oh yeah, that's that's cool too. Well. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Paramount Plus. We'll see this week, Linda. We'll see if it's worth it or not. Um, so let's hope for the best. I don't. I don't wish that they fail. Just to be clear, like I hope they succeed. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's not like we're like we're like planning to hope it fails. It's just it's definitely becoming a very competitive market for streaming services right now. If you're going to come out with a new one, you got to make sure you're bringing it. And right now, Paramount Plus is bringing it. So I I hope Paramount Plus the best, especially if it's going <clears> to <throat> really spring. But, mm-hmm. you know. You know who I also wish wish, wish the best? Um, it's Neil Bloomkamp. <laughs> uh, because he announced on Twitter um, on February 25th, so just a few days ago, that um, he was writing the screenplay for District 10, which will also be written by um, Charlotte um, Coupley and uh, someone else too. I forgot who. Um, 
I, first of all, I love Charlotte Coupley because he is just fucking great in everything that he's in. Um, like at literally everything I found him so fun in hardcore Henry and like all of the different properties that he's been in. I just, I love him. Uh, Terry Tatchell is the other person, um, who apparently was a screenwriter for district nine and Chappie and, um, some of those other movies that Neil Blomkamp yeah. also directed. So he's got his team working on district 10, which the fact that it's all of them coming back to coalesce around district 10, um, cause district nine, is a great movie. It's a great science fiction movie. And um, it was really well received among critics and audiences. And so Mm -hmm. for the whole team to come back and work on this one film, like is a good sign because not a lot of that happens in Hollywood, especially more so recently, but in the last like few years, like it used to be that you would have directors different writers in and out in and out of all these different properties so the fact that they're all coming back for that really good sign and also he nodded at the fact that he might write um a starship troopers screenplay someone asked him to do it and he was like they they were like hey neil bloomkamp you should like do a starship troopers movie and he was like okay lol yeah and i was like now that now that I want to see, I don't care about District Ten. <laughs> District Nine is good enough, but I need more Starship Troopers in my life. Oh my! I goodness. do. I love Starship Troopers. I do. I do. Sue me. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Have you watched Starship Troopers, Casper? Casper Van? Dien? Yeah, when I was really yeah. little. Yeah. Great. I the one that I really liked. It wasn't Starch. Oh my god! I was just reading up about this movie, but I used to be obsessed with it all the time at my grandma's house. It was the one with Sigourney Weaver, uh, uh, Alan Rickman, where they're on the cast of that like knockoff. Oh, Galaxy Quest! No, I love Galaxy Quest. Yeah. Oh my god, Galaxy Quest is was my jam. I don't know why, but when I was little, I used to always compare it to Starship Troopers, and I was like, nah, Galaxy Quest. <laughs> yeah, those are not the same thing. Um, <laughs> I know. Okay, I was little. Yeah. I I used the, the phrase, I was little, in, in lieu of saying, I was a dumb kid. Um, Just, I was little. That's okay, <laughs> because, like, Galaxy Quest, to completely go off onto a side tangent, um, that is my f- favorite movie to watch when i'm like sick or not feeling good it's just like it's a great oh. movie it's just a great movie it, it, Even it now, is oh my god i just, watch it i do it's good it's a good one um but yeah no district nine uh released back in 2009 and it made uh 211 million worldwide um the largest ever total for a south african film it would go on to receive four Oscar nominations, including Best Picture, Original Screenplay, um, and a couple of others. And so, like, the fact that he's, like, teasing that this is actually a thing that he's doing, especially after releasing something like Chappie, which also had Sigourney Weaver, wasn't really as widely well-received as District 9 was. So, Or Elysium, too, with Matt Damon, for those of you who have been following Neil Blomkamp. I have, just because for a while he was attached to direct, you know, Alien 5. And I was super excited when he was attached to direct that because he just, he really understands, um, A, he has such a style that I thought was just cool for, like, I thought about his style and his influence 
on science fiction in the scope of alien and that was really exciting and then and then when um my my dear old pal ridley scott fuck that guy guy um uh no i have such respect for ridley scott but i just want him not to work on any more alien movies you're you're done you're cut off but uh i say that every time i talk about alien i'm like you ridley scott you just a daily reminder that jared's not really a fan of ridley scott you know he's a good director i just don't want him anywhere near alien ever again that's that's all so i thought about the context of bloom camp you know directing an alien movie and that was super exciting i don't know i just think that um we need more starship troopers and we need more alien and we need more district nine and why not just have neil bloom camp direct them all why not like I thought the I thought the plan was to have you befriend Ridley Scott so you could give the rights ah, to Alien. That's what over we decided. That's what we decided. Okay, yeah. yeah, you're right, Ridley Scott. You my pal. You my pal. <laughs> you make whatever Alien <laughs> you want, and I will come on to. <laughs> I will be your assistant director. As your friend, I'd like to take Alien off your hands for you. <laughs> Oh my god! And that's also the depressing thing is since the merger, we really haven't heard like too much on any of those properties. Like, what's going on with Alien? What's going on with Predator? Like, they're plotting Disney. Fucking Disney. damn it, Disney! But uh, District Ten, yeah, it's exciting. That's all the news we have is that he's just writing the screenplay. That's it. That's it. That's all the news. I mean. If you haven't watched District 9, that is definitely something that both of us would recommend. It's, oh my god, it is so, it's so good. It is. is. It's so good. It's so sad. The world building is on a whole other level there in that movie. Oh yeah. And it goes, it goes over, it's got really great themes of like poverty, classism, racism, and it's just handled, it's Oh, it's so good. It's just so good. I don't I don't want to say anything because I don't want to like spoil it. And I just want you guys to watch it for yourselves. If you haven't watched District 9, you're a fan of like sci-fi, fan of aliens, but you know, don't want like the corny horror tropes that come with it. District 9 is definitely a must see for you. Yeah, I would second that notion. Um so with all of that down and out of the way. Because really, it what's a slow news cycle week, which is okay. Um, we are going to move into um, a couple of other things that we want to talk about. We don't have any trailer reviews for this week. I mean, Army of the Dead released like a like a one minute, I think, teaser trailer that we both watched. It was okay, but we're not going to review it. Um, we'll wait until the full trailer releases. Um, but uh, we are going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and we are going to talk about our weekly recap of WandaVision. So what did we think of the latest episode when we return? I wanted to tell you a little bit about our website, theborrowreviews.com. If you like indie movies or blockbuster movies and anything in between, really, on our site, you'll find podcast, movie reviews, opinion articles, and more content that covers all types of cinema. But we especially love a good horror movie here at the borough. If you're looking for a review of your latest project, we got you covered. Simply search theborrowreviews.com in your web browser and you'll find us. As a company residing in Nebraska, we know just how hard it can be to get your message out to the world, and we're here to help. Find our contact page on our website and fill out the form. 
You'll also find a list of submission guidelines on the page. And while not every submission will be accepted, mainly due to time restrictions, it is always worth a shot. So, what are you waiting for? Head over to the site now and check it out. The Borough Reviews, your movie refuge. Welcome back from the break, everyone. We are going to talk about episode eight of WandaVision. And um, I didn't really expect this to be an episode like this. A lot of people did. A lot of people thought that this latest episode would kind of serve as like a flashback and like um, like we're still building towards the final episode, which is not usually how I like my TV shows to handle the last two episodes. Um, to be honest with you, I usually like the penultimate big episode to be the one right before the finale. And then I like the resolution and like the falling action, like in the last episode, just because it, it's a nice way to kind of tie everything up and still leave a whole lot of questions for the next season without feeling like there's too much packed into one episode. But what this episode did was basically serve as a reminder and as a journey for the audience to, to accompany Wanda in as she goes through the process of, basically looking back at her grief over the years, you know, from her parents to her brother and then to vision. And it's really this, um, this portrait of grief that this episode paints for the viewer. And it really puts you in the perspective of Wanda going through these situations and experiencing firsthand the amount of loss that she's encountered in her life. And it was good. It was a good episode. Um, you know, Agatha's kind of using her powers to recreate these scenarios for for Wanda, and um, because she's trying to figure out how she had that much power to create the the hex, she wants that power. It's very clear that Agatha's endgame here is to be more powerful than Wanda and to be the Scarlet Witch herself, which they do end up calling um, Wanda. At the end of this episode, they call her the Scarlet Witch. So pretty big moment in terms of like, if you're looking at the canonical um, story of Wanda, it, it was a big moment for everyone. How did it work with you this week? Did you like this episode as much as you had previously like the other episodes or was this one a little weaker? I liked it. I, I like how they just kind of did a recap and it, it solved a lot of questions that viewers may have had throughout the show so far. Um, Just kind of showing like what happened, why she did what she did. Like, how did it happen? You know, all the bits and pieces uh, that just kind of led her to this point. Um, I have a small continuity problem Mm -hmm. though, that like just keeps rattling my brain. Mm -hmm. And that's the fact that like, her parents died when her and Pietro, they were, what, like 10? They were young, yeah. And they were born, yeah, and they were born in 88. So, you know, doing the math, they would have been about, what, n- 98, 99 when they had died. Malcolm in the Middle didn't come out till 2000. And they had the DVD set in the suitcase. Hmm. And Yeah, yeah. it's... A little bit of a continuity error. I'm going to chalk it up to in so I'm memory. Just wondering if there's, yeah, if there's just like, I don't, I don't, I don't think. I just saw that and I, that just kind of bothered yeah, me. And I was like, wait I a minute. I don't think that, um, 
it was meant to be like a I think it was a a callback right to like old sitcoms like they had been doing and I think that yeah no it probably obviously was bef- that that came out after these events um but I yeah. think that you know it's playing into that maybe and it could just be mere coincidence that it's there and an actual goof but um I I'm going to chalk it up to her not really having a clear memory on 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 anything like very clearly like in the first bit when we are with her parents back in Sokovia you know that that missile drops and it's it's a Stark Industries missile and like they make it a very big point to point that out and like so I think what they're trying to do is highlight the bigger picture of things on what had happened rather than going through the exact events and also we have to remember that Agatha's kind of pulling the strings here a little bit um right so not everything is going to be you know exactly how it was so i'm gonna forgive it but yes that was a good catch because i didn't even notice that (laughs) yeah from a from someone who's a bigger fan of malcolm in the middle than she'd like to admit uh, (laughs) i just i love Hal. i can't get enough of Hal. Hal is my favorite character by brian cranston i don't care about breaking bad like when it comes to in comparison to how i just freaking love him but i also know that some people are also having problems with her i guess if we're gonna if we're gonna play it this way by her memory of how her parents mm-hmm. died because i guess in age of ultron pietro was talking about how her parents died and from what he said compared to what was shown in this episode there's basically like two different stories as to how their parents died in two different um, events that were happening that night. Like, I guess like Pietro said that they were having dinner when the first missile strike, it didn't hit them, but their parents like went to go like check on where it was, where the strike mm-hmm. happened. And that's when the second strike happened and it did kill them. Whereas with Wanda, as it was shown in the, in the episode, they were watching sitcoms and they immediately got hit with that first strike. So you could be right. It could be just like due to memory, like maybe, you know, well, we have different memories of what happened when we were kids compared to what actually happened. It's something that is true. Uh, but yeah, I just, I read about that and I thought that was also interesting. Um, but the biggest thing about this episode is that it showed that Hayward really is a piece of garbage. And it's not just because of what's happening with Wanda right now with the hex. She should have just killed him there. She really should have. The fact, we can spoil these episodes, Oh yeah, 100%. She's a better person than I because no, that, thank God that guy would be dead. Hayward's a piece of garbage guys. And here is why (laughs) Wanda loved vision and she had to witness him die twice. Like, that is messed up. I would not be able to handle that if that had happened to Mm -hmm. me. All she wanted to do was bury Vision, you know, rest his soul, whatever. Like, he was a person to her. He was a person to everyone. Hayward just saw him as a piece of machinery that thought he could... And, you know, he did not want her to bury him because he wanted to profit off of all the vibranium he was made out of. And that's what sets Wanda yeah. off. It's all Hayward's fault. I called it from the beginning. He's a piece of garbage, so guys. He, even when she was like, I just want to bury his body. He was like, I'm not loving, letting you 
I'm not letting you take what what did he say? Some he said the amount, the like ten thousand pounds or whatever of vibranium. So yeah. he's not even referring to vision as an like an actual being that existed. He's referring to him just as, you know, vibranium. And like I'm like, you fucking asshole. Like I that guy, man, that guy. Oh yeah. He and now he's using vision he is using him like the piece of machine the that he post, thought he was the, yeah the mid-credits scene um what the yeah. hell like huh he looks like dr he, manhattan from Watchmen. i literally i was like wait wait like we can't be doing that right now like can we because i thought maybe i thought maybe we were getting like a fantastic four moment or something and i think it's uh i believe he had like a full like full-scale white costume in one of the comic book storylines. I think that's what they're going for. Mm. But yeah, I got like Silver Surfer from yeah. Fantastic Four and Dr. Manhattan I, from Watchmen, minus the new Right. <laughs> Marvel <laughs> not quite going there yet. He's not Nike. <laughs> um, yeah, no, like, wow. So uh, things yeah. are going to explode in the next episode. Things are happening. Because we still have to solve so many problems. Agatha's still there. Where is Monica? Um, like all of the, all of these questions are going to come to fruition. And you brought up this point earlier. Um, you know, they're not really looking at a, at a season two of WandaVision. So whatever happens here is kind of our resolution. Gonna happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, has it been confirmed or denied necessarily from the articles that I'm seeing mainly from, no. um, like Vulture and a couple of other places, Forbes? No one's like denied anything, but we're pretty certain that they ain't getting a season two. So, no, which, like, like we said before the podcast started, there's really no point because once WandaVision ends, that's when we're going to get this whole new cycle of Marvel movies, anyways. And, that you know, WandaVision was supposed to be just kind of like a buffer since we've had a good few months without a Marvel movie. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't expect a season two. So you know, just hope all your answers will be will be in the last episode. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I I'm pretty sure that they'll wrap most things up. Uh, my worry is that by putting it all in the last episode. <laughs> it might feel a little too jam-packed and we might not get the resolution that we needed. And I guess that they were trying to do that with this episode, specifically with Vision and and her her conversation. Like, the conversation she has with Vision um, after Sokovia, where, you know, he has that, that fantastic line, which was spoiled for me before I saw the episode, by the way. I saw a bunch of people quoting it and I was like, God damn it. Like, I know where that's from. Why are you doing that? And so, um, yeah, the quote is like, what is grief? If not love persevering and like, and like such a beautiful, like quote, honestly, such a, like, um, such a way to like, look at death and loss. And so I think that we were trying to get those smaller, more intimate moments done in this episode. And then, you know, big finale boom boom things blowing up in next episode which it's fine but it's not my preferred way of telling a story but i guess it's marvel so it's fine um so we'll see what happens in next week's finale and um yeah stay tuned for for the review because we'll have a whole we'll have a whole season review we'll give some ratings we'll go all out
What else do we have, Linda? I know that there is one thing specifically that you wanted to talk about. So we made it a point to bring it on the podcast here. So we are going to talk about this. It's specifically something that you can go out right now and watch on HBO Max. And I highly encourage you do it. Yeah. I highly encourage you do it. I can't condone the use of drugs while watching it, but uh, <laughs> um, y'all, he could not make it clear that this is my fault that we have to discuss. <laughs> <laughs> Linda, Linda, what did what did we take part in last night? What did we watch last night um, that you wanted to talk about? Tom and Jerry. Tom and Jerry. <laughs> I may have uh, asked Jared if. We could watch Tom and Jerry. So fine. Tom and Jerry. Tom and Jerry. I made Jared watch Tom and Jerry. Yeah. Tom and, and Jerry. Um, Let's talk about Tom and Jerry, Linda. After a lifetime of being the world's most famous enemies. You can't count on me like one, two, three. I'll Tom and Jerry are about to start over. Cause that's what friends are supposed to do. Oh, yeah. In the big city. This hotel has been host to four presidents, three popes, two kings, and we're about to host the wedding of the century. Do you think you're qualified to take on this position? I shine under pressure, like a diamond. Or Rihanna. <laughs> One other thing. We have a mouse problem. I don't want <laughs> So, Tom and Jerry, it's blending live action with animation. So, fine. Um... Let's start off with just a little bit about it. So it's directed by Tim Story, which is a very strange name. But Tim Story has directed, you know, the Fantastic Four. He directed Taxi, um, Right Along. You have all of these different things that he has done. A lot of TV, a lot of shorts. And I don't know that he's a very good director. <laughs> You know, I'm just um, being honest because, wow. I'm going to be 100% fair here. Um, didn't know who the director was. I didn't check on that before I watched the movie. Um, but yeah, uh, have you ever seen Taxi Guys with, who was it, Jimmy Fallon? Yeah. And Queen Latifah, undercover taxi driver. <laughs> with a femme fatale group of terrorists that they're trying to take down. And, um, of course, the iconic Fantastic Four with Jessica. At least it's not the remake one. That's I mean, give, give that one some credit, okay? It was entertaining for what it was with Jessica Alba and Chris Evans. And it wasn't the remake one, which I know is complete garbage. So this one was at least fun for being a little bit i remember liking it as a kid i do yeah see there you go um but so tom and jerry it's an adaptation of the classic property which reveals how tom and jerry first meet and form their rivalry um so we're detailing that it there's this whole hotel thing um there's there's a lot of surprisingly a lot of moving parts here that that feel pointless but that's fine 
Um, beyond that, the movie also stars um, Chloe Grace Moretz and Michael Pena. Um, Rob Delaney's in it. Colin Jost. Uh, you have you have so many different people in this. You have so many people. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Um, so where does it begin? Um. Oh. Uh, if I may, I, I think I have a good start for, okay, this, this movie, the director basically like kind of made a promise that due to the backlash they got for the Tom and Jerry movie animated like film that came out like back in the nineties, it was also a musical and Tom and Jerry also talked, which is quite unusual because Tom and Jerry don't really talk. So he made a promise like in this one, they're not going to talk. They're going to do like all the little funny little gags and stuff that, you know, they usually do to talk, which didn't really, there's no point in that. If you're going to make every single other animal, not only talk, but also sing and oh rap. Oh my God. The opening of this movie. <laughs> Holy shit. Like, all the animals in this movie were animated. The only thing, like, they were the only things that were animated, but they were all the animals. Not only were they animated, but they could talk. Most of them can rap. Most of them had magical auto-tuned voices. <laughs> and yet Tom and Jerry didn't talk. So it there was basically no point, and it made it super confusing. Like, if you're going to make all the rest of the animals talk, you might as well make Tom and Jerry talk. So it doesn't really make sense. It doesn't have to be you know, a lot, just, just a word it, or two here and there. Yeah, it just made it weird. Like, like <laughs> I, there's no excuse, basically. Like, if you're going to make the rest of the animals talk, you might as well make Tom and Jerry talk. If you're not going to make Tom and Jerry talk, then you might as well just not make any of the animals talk. Like, I, I don't know. That was the main thing that bugged me throughout the whole movie. You know movie. what was fucking like, bugging me? Chloe Grace Moretz in this movie. That's what was bugging me. Oh, my God. Love. I thought she was a good actress. And then I'm sitting there watching this. And I'm like, I know she is. But the way that she is being directed to say and do things, I'm like, holy. Sh you would oh. think that she had never acted oh. before. And I'm like, what the? F what is this? Like. That pissed me off. Okay, growing up, she was my absolute favorite actress after watching Kick-Ass. I freaking loved her. And this movie, they made her act so cartoonish and weird. Like, they didn't even make Jenna Elfman act this weird in Looney Tunes back in action. Okay, and I've seen that movie enough times to know what I'm talking about. They made her a normal person in that movie. But with Chloe Grace, they did her dirty. They did her dirty in this movie. They did Chloe Grace Moretz dirty. If you got, she's in what, like 60 acting credits, which is really impressive for oh, her yeah, age with it not being animated mm -hmm. films. Yeah, she's in everything. She's like a new generation screen queen. She's in a sh crap ton of things. And yet they they made her a joke in this movie. And oh, that annoyed me so much because you know she's better than this. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's fine. Wow. And I don't know. I tried so hard to like, it'll get better. It'll get better. Like, we're just starting off Rocky. It doesn't get better. It doesn't get better. Okay. And honestly, what the hell is Ken John doing in this? <sighs> And then and then he shows up and I'm like, okay, fine. Like, but honestly, like he wasn't bothering me as much as everyone else. Like it was just 
it was very unusual to see him in this because when you have someone like Ken, Ken John is he's hilarious in my opinion. If you have someone like Ken Jong in here and like not utilize him very well and only have him like two scenes, mm-hmm. like you're basically throwing away your best bet at having like a really funny movie. Yeah. And it was like there's basically no point of having him in here if you're only going to use him for two scenes for like three minutes. Yeah. Okay. Like his introduction, I was like, okay, so we're doing this thing where he's like, a world-renowned chef and like he like has all the but then why are you working at a hotel like why don't get mad at your people because he's basically like you suck and you suck and i'm all of these like all of these people are below me and like i'm the best and like yeah that seems like a role that he's really good at and that you know he can pull off but like damn and then michael pena i like michael pena Oh, I was super confused as to why he was in and, this movie too. And like, and granted, he didn't get as bad a material as Chloe Grace Moretz did. I mean, she really got the brunt of it. She got the brunt of it. Um, and I don't know. She was just doing this movie for a paycheck. But there, there were moments where we would do like medium shots of you know about this distance, and she would just be doing the weirdest shit with her hands and her body language. And I'm like, I feel like I'm watching a play. Like, I I don't think I'm watching a movie. Like, the staging was really weird of everything. It was it was strange, just strange. It was very big, like state, like like you said, like theater acting, very cartoonish. Mm-hmm. Like, if you've ever done theater, you would know that they want you to do like over the shot stuff and like be very big and presentable, you know, and just. Do the weirdest things with your hands. And that's exactly what she did in this movie. And it was just very unnecessary other than to show off there are animated things in my movie. Look at us go. There are animated things, which is why I'm doing big gestures. And it's very strange. Like, I'm going to be comparing this movie to Looney Tunes back in action a lot. Because I love Looney Tunes back in action. I don't I don't care what anyone says. I love Looney Tunes back in action, okay? And I mean, who framed Roger Rabbit? It doesn't even compare to either of those. That that movie's just golden for these kinds of movies. But yeah, it just at least in Looney Tunes, with the exception of Martin, Steve Martin, they were normal people doing regular things. They didn't make them be weird and feel so out of place. I also didn't buy the animation style. I'm going to be kind of honest with you. Like, it wasn't working for me, really. Like, I th- really, Tom was the only one that I could believe. Jerry's animation looked a little strange to me. And then certainly the other cats in the movie looked nightmarish. They look hellish. Like... They like almost gave me nightmares. <laughs> like <laughs> there, was, there was a scene in the movie that Lane and I backed up on twice because <laughs> was it the alleyway? It was this part. Oh. No, it was it was with it was with Tom when he was trying to get into the hotel. And and Jerry was watching uh, Young Frankenstein, and he looks out the window, and Jerry's face, or not Jerry, uh, Tom's face was just like so freaking 
fucking weird. Like his eyes were pointing in different direction. He looked all twisted up. <laughs> we backed out of twenty. So I was like, wait a minute. What's wrong? Tom with and Jerry you? on bath salts. <laughs> it literally looked like he was he was just looking out the window and he like looks out there and there's Tom with like this flash of light. Tom on bath salts. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, Tom on bath salts. That's what this movie is. Oh my god. It was the weirdest thing ever. Like, why? Why that's that's just the only question you are asking yourself throughout the whole movie is just why? So, and they gave Michael Pena like a really weird interrogation scene too. Oh like, do you want God. him to be a cop or do you want him to be a hotel employee? Every time, every time we like cut to Michael Pena and he's doing something's not right here. Like that's his whole character. It's <laughs> it's, it's bad. Anyway, Linda. Man, he's really been typecasted as a cop. I know. It's like end of Even watch was in 2012. End of cop. watch was in 2012. What are we doing? <laughs> anyway, I love end of watch. Go watch that. Anyway, um, final oh rating. You final rating. Go. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. I'm going four. I'm going four, four out of ten. Yeah, this. That's not unusual. Every time I give something a low rating, you always have to up me by giving it an even lower rating. Uh, that's not that's not true. If you go look at my hands uh, are off. My hands are off. Take your phone. Take your phone. Go look on Letterbox right now. I had that rating before you did. My hands. Do you see them? I'm sorry for all the people that are listening I, to the audio version of this podcast. There is a video version of this podcast on Patreon.com. Slash the borough reviews. Letterbox. Okay. okay, if you go look at my rating. Yeah, I gave it a two out of five, which would be a four out of ten. Rude. <laughs> um. Ha, oh ha. yeah, okay. Proved you wrong. Wait, I, I'm not even on oh. it yet. My phone's loading. But there is one more thing I wanted to mention mm-hmm. because as soon as I heard it, I was like, what? Okay. So Kayla, Chloe Grace Moretz's character, wanted the hotel to hire Tom so that they could catch Jerry. And Michael Pena's character is, you know, obviously, like, no, he's a freaking cat. Like, why would we hire a cat that's so dumb? And the hotel manager was like, we can't discriminate. We'll get sued. Let's hire the cat. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Did they just hire a cat for fear of discrimination? <laughs> like, he can't even talk. But he hired him with the one request that he wear a tag and a tiny hat because it'd be cute. Which, you know, low-key same. Where where are you? So many people like I think my know? username, hold on. Yeah, okay, this is a good time to just, I guess, plug my letterbox. Uh not that I really do anything <laughs> on it, but you can keep track of me watching things on it. Um what is my username? Holy god. Uh, oh, it's J underscore Charles 426. J. 
Man, a lot of people had a lot to say about Tom and Jerry. Um, oh, no. You didn't find me? No. Is there an easier way to, like, do it other than, like, going through, like, all the reviews? Yeah, if you go to, like, the search thing. Like, the little search button. J underscore Charles? Yeah, J underscore Charles 426. Gotcha. Oh, look at you go. You already have 32 followers. Yeah, I don't really... Good I don't job. really do too much on there. I just use it as a way to log all the films that I watch. Oh, you didn't write like an actual review no. on it. Mm-mm. You just sometimes I sometimes I'll write reviews on things. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I'll link my actual review on the burrreviews dot com to it. Um, other times <laughs> I just use it as a way to log. Because then it goes. It's easy for me at the end of the year when I'm making my list to go back through and look at everything I watched. Well, I'm not sold. I think you put down two stars because you knew I was going to give it a higher rating. That's not even true. I did not think you were going to give it a higher rating. Yeah, I I was shocked at myself too, but I just know if I were a kid, this movie, I probably would have actually watched this movie a few times. And I know that Tom and Jerry is geared towards like younger kids. I mean, I'm sure they wanted like the older audiences like respect, which they did not get. Um, but for little kids like if i was a kid i would i would be watching this movie over and over so that's why i gave it higher rings i'm like you know what if you have kids they'd probably like it but if you're an older kid like me you probably won't like it they dumbed it down by that time four out of ten they did uh that's our review of tom and jerry (laughs) uh i or should i say tom and jerry on bath salts we will uh Oh my god, that face in the window messed me up. We will take a quick break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to tell you about what is new to streaming over this next week there, if you get bored. So, be right back. I'm sure you know by now, but we have our own YouTube channel. There, we upload video reviews of the latest television shows or movies, and stream gaming content weekly. We have a goal to reach 100 subscribers by the end of the year. Right now, we are about 12 subscribers away from reaching that goal, and it would mean everything to the team here to be able to accomplish this goal. Simply search the Burr Reviews in YouTube search bar to find us. Make sure to not only subscribe if you like the content, but to give the video a thumbs up and ring the bell to make sure you receive notifications of when we upload or go live. The Burr Reviews, your movie refuge. All right, everyone, welcome back from the break. We are going to talk about what's new to streaming. That way, if you're bored at any point this week, you can just go watch stuff. Um, A lot of documentaries and stuff that are releasing, actually, um, or things that are biographical in some way. Um, On Hulu, we have The United States versus Billie Holiday, which um, is starring Andra uh, day and directed by Lee Daniels, and it focuses particularly on a campaign waged against the troubled holiday for performing anti-lynching anthem "Strange Fruit," and that will be debuting on Hulu. Um, so you can watch that there. Then you also have Billie Eilish, "The World's a Little Blurry," um, 
which is basically going inside the world of Billie Eilish and her family as the teen superstar created and promoted her breakthrough album, When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go? See our conversation, and this is Ellie Mag. Um, so they had a conversation with documentary director R.J. Cutler, and um, you can find Billie Eilish, The World's a Little Blurry on Apple TV+. Plus. I hear really good things about it, actually. Um, I like Billie. Do you like Billie Eilish? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I like her voice is so pretty. It is pretty. Um, I, I wanted a little bit more from the uh, No Time to Die song, like the theme. I Because I know she can get to bigger places than where that song yeah. goes. And I wanted her because it's fine. Anyway. Um, no, I, <laughs> I found Eilish. it super impressive. Like her voice, like if you hear her talk normal, like her voice is pretty deep, but when you hear her sing, like she can, she can yeah. go up. She can. She, um, she's a really good singer. Mm-hmm. And then you also have top class, the life and times of the Sierra Canyon trailblazers that is, um, on IMDb TV. If you, if you watch anything on IMDb TV, um, that is the private Sierra Canyon school in Chatsworth has become something of a sensation for its high school basketball team, team with a roster that includes Bronny James, um, Zari Wade and Shai Odom, among others. If those names look familiar, it's because they're the sons of NBA stars, LeBron James, Dwayne Wade and Lamar Odom. And that's just a few of the celeb kids involved. The docu-series co-produced by the elder James follows the unusual team. Um, you can find that on Amazon prime because Amazon also owns IMDb. So that's why they kind of call it IMDb TV. Um, but Amazon prime owns all of that. So, um, that's what you can watch. A lot of stuff about real life events this week. Not too much like fiction, which, you know, I can, I can get behind. I don't, we just finished, uh, the, uh, the Cecil hotel documentary. I think I, did I tell you that last week? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. Cause yeah, we've basically just been watching a lot of true crime stuff and I meant to check out the, the Billie Eilish, um, documentary last week because i'm i got the screener last week but i just didn't get around to it um i was too busy watching cherry which my review is now out and live oh that uh, review's blowing up yeah with all the tom holland stands it's so cute i mean you know if they like it they like it well it's one of the few positive reviews so funny story like it's so weird reviewing a movie when um, that was really my first big like review screener. Like my review came out when everyone else's did. Therefore I didn't hear any, anyone else's opinion on it. So that, that review is totally my own and it is so different from all the other reviews because like I'm talking about how the first act is or the first half of the movie is so good. Everyone else was like, fuck the first half. Like that first half is garbage. And I'm like, Like, oop. Um, <laughs> Jared just comments on all of them. It is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. Um, I, yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't know what what went wrong there. I gave it, Oops. I gave it a seven, but oh, it's sitting at like a thirty on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Like the critics do not like this movie. Um, so I'm in the minority. Mm, I'm curious weird. to know what you think. When it when it releases on um, March twelfth, I am curious. I almost I almost <sighs> want to give you. Watch it. Yeah. Um, 
I'm sorry. You don't have like, to, though. oh no, I'll watch it. I'm I'm actually very interested in it. Uh, I do find a little okay. I know this is like a little off topic from what we're talking about, but I, to me, maybe I just don't know enough about her. But to me, I, it feels a little. Billie Eilish doesn't seem like the kind of person who'd want a documentary. No, not really. So I kind of. But apparently, it does a really good job at like giving like the perspective of like her family too, and like apparently she has Tourette's, which I had no idea. Like, I mean, I had absolutely no idea, but the documentary like kind of dives into that and how um, the pressure of performing when she um, she has a couple of other um, things that I think she has some problems with her legs or her knees or something. And so it's talking about like there's a part in the documentary apparently where she's like, well, I, you know, I wish I could do more for for the fans, the people that came out here, like, I wish I could give them more, but I can't, Aww. I don't know. It, and then you, you also have to like take into consideration that she's so young too. So she's dealing with the ramifications of the music industry while still being a teenager at the end of the day. Right. And that's a really like a cool perspective, I guess. Yeah. No, I just, when I, when I heard she was having a documentary, I was like, does she even want one? <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of people were like already, like she's 19, like we're already doing a documentary about her, like but she is She'll get two documentaries in her life. <laughs> two. She's a teen singer that brings something different. Like not there's very few teen singers or even more age singers that are like her. And I think that's what makes her so popular is that she's mm. she she brings something new to the music industry industry. Why did I think? Oh my god, <laughs> music industry. There we go. And I think that's what draws people to her. She just kind of does her own thing and like doesn't give a shit, which is great. Especially for great. someone her age. She shouldn't have to give a shit. She's just doing what she likes. So, yeah. That alone, I, I kind of want to watch it now. Yeah, I, I mean, I I'm definitely interested. think I'm going to probably go check it out and just so I can see what it's what all the buzz is about. Yeah. But, um, yeah, uh, I think that's the podcast, y'all. Like, I think we did it. I think we made it through another podcast. Ooh. What episode are we on now? I don't even know. How many episodes have we had? I could ask my mom. She's trying to like binge podcasts for the last month or so. Stats. Hold on. Episodes. How many episodes do we have? We have so many. One, two, three, four. I'm not even going to count that. Um, <laughs> achievements. Hold on. Achievements will tell me. 29. 29 episodes. So today, today's episode that we're recording makes 30. Damn. So this is the 30th episode of the Into the Bro podcast. Well, look at Exciting us stuff. Go. Hell yeah. Now, now, um, in video format as well. Now you get to I see st- our faces. Yeah, I don't know how I'm going to edit that. I still have no idea how that's going to be edited because... If you think about it, I have to make a cut every time. Unless I do like a two, like a two, like a two screen type thing. I don't know. 
I don't know how that's going to work. I'll figure that out <laughs> later. That's a, that's a that's a future Jerry problem. <laughs> um, what do we have next week? Do we have anything coming out next week other than like WandaVision? Uh, I don't think we do. What's new next week? Movie releases. I don't remember seeing anything. Just radio silence. Us both. <laughs> us both searching. Uh, yeah, there's there's nothing, is there? Ooh, come true. Uh, well, yeah, we can't really do anything with it, but come true. That movie that we watched in the film, uh, that's yeah. getting like an actual release. Yeah, that was I saw one. that because Morbidly Beautiful, um, one of the uh, review opportunities that they have on Morbidly Beautiful right now is reviewing Come True. And I almost took it just because I've already seen it. So it would literally just take me writing a review over it. But uh, I didn't want to do it because I don't want to relive that weird sex scene. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that was... So I don't want to do it. I just remember us all sitting in your apartment and me just going, stop, stop it. Stop. stop. <laughs> That's what I do every time when I'm watching a movie with Jared and there's some weird sex scene going on. I literally just start laughing and I just go, okay, stop. <laughs> You're joking. <laughs> stop. Like in midsummer. <laughs> I was just like, nope. <laughs> That's just my reaction. I don't, I can't, I can't help it. I just, I just wanted to stop. <laughs> Yeah, me too. Me too. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening slash maybe watching. I don't know if I'm going to edit this one in there or not. Um, But thank you so much for listening anyway. And be sure to tune in next Monday at 11 a.m. for more discussions and for our uh, season finale review of WandaVision, which we will have up next week. So, Have a good rest of your week and stay safe and healthy. Bye, everyone. Bye.